Welcome, race fans! This is Debris in Turn 3, and we are back for an all-new episode. It's been a minute since the last show, but we were not going to miss our chance to talk about the Southern 500 from Darlington Raceway, all the silly season picking up this week, going into the regular season finale at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The playoffs are on the horizon. We have a lot to talk about. This is DIT3. Thanks for checking back in with us. Um, Matt, it's been like two months since we last recorded a show. I can't believe it's been almost two months, Dan, but I mean, it's been a beautiful summer in New York City, so yeah, the internet's going to be here waiting for us when we get back. That's that's what I always say. I mean, I I was taking like all my vacation days because I had to get I had to use them or else I was going to lose them, <laughs> so literally I was just going, like, going to the beach like So it's true. If you don't use it, you lose it. That's what they say. <laughs> so you were enjoying the summer. I've been yeah. enjoying the summer. You've been out to the racetrack. I've been out to the racetrack. Yeah. Uh, but man, oh man, yeah, there's just a lot of things to get out there going. So yeah, yeah we're happy to be back and having a new show tonight. But yeah, there's been just so much to talk about because it was a big weekend. One of the crown jewel races, the Southern 500. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been watching most of this season uh, just because I feel like I'm not really like... <laughs> I'm not. I'm not really interested. I like the Cup Series is just like not really doing it for me. Wow. I mean, completely I, differ, disagree. But okay. Yeah. I mean, Fair. I'm. I'm. I've, I've been more into the K and N races, the modifieds. Like I, like you said, I, I went out to Riverhead a couple of times for like the Wednesday night shows. I was say, you even caught those. You've been driving out for those midweek shows yeah. too. I mean, that has been more exciting to me than the Cup Series. Okay. I mean, but that's you know, where... this is Darlington. You know, so that you throwback know, weekend, throwback weekend, uh, you know, this weekend coming up is going to be interesting. It's the first time that Indianapolis is going to be the playoff cut, the cutoff of the regular yeah, season, hosting the, the regular season finale. Yeah. Uh, so that'll that'll be interesting. But yeah, I mean, just the Cup Series has not really been doing it for me. See, I, I've been defending this season for a lot of detractors all year long. I think it's been great. I feel like we're having a heavyweight fight for the title this year. And uh, it's really up in the air right now. It's coming down to, they say, the big three. It's kind of getting narrow, narrowing down to the big two. Truex has got to step up a little bit. Harvick's looking strong. Kyle Busch is right there. Harvick kind of showed his uh, immaturity again this weekend with those Ross Chastain comments. But we'll get into that and everything that happened last weekend at Darlington. But first, want to get into the winner's circle? Let's do it. This week in the winner's circle, Brad Keselowski swept both races at Darlington in the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series. In the Wheel and Modified Tour, Matt Hirschman won from the pole at Oswego Speedway. In the ARCA Series, Logan Seavey won at DeCoin State Fairground Speedway. With the local stuff at Riverhead Raceway. In the Tour Type Modifieds, 
Tom Rogers Jr. gets both wins in the twin 50s. Uh, in the late models, uh, Chris Turbish, Owen Brennan won in the crate mods, Mark Stewart won in the Super Pro Trucks, and in the Blunderbuss. For once, it was not <laughs> Jack Hanley Jr. Yeah, Jack it was not Jack Hanley Jr. It was Cody Triola. Uh, in the figure eights, Tom Ferreira. And in the Inex Legends, Ed Chester. Well, last weekend, we had a fantastic return to Portland, Oregon. IndyCar Series, Takuma Sato wins. He stretched the tires and fuel. He held off Ryan hunter Ray. And the Grand Prix of Portland was a fantastic race. It was the first time they were back there since June 2007. Uh, had a wild start. Hinch spun. He came out of the Festival Curves, which they could not stop saying the entire broadcast. And then the dust settled. Marco Andretti went over a few cars. And then there was Scott Dixon sitting right there, basically unscathed from that crash. So the IndyCar season is going to wrap up in two weeks with a double points finale in Sonoma. Alexander Rossi from Andretti Autosports leads Dixon from Ganassi Racing by 27 points. So looking forward to the big finale in a couple of weeks. And it was announced this week that next season they're going to finish the race at Laguna Seca. Uh, The only unfortunate part of the ending of the season is that Robert Wickens will be absent from the finale, who he was having a fantastic season and was challenging for the championship and was having a real uh, big fight with Alexander Rossi. And after that terrible crash at Pocono, unfortunately, he said he will not miss, uh, he will not be there. In Formula One, Lewis Hamilton wins the Italian Grand Prix. And that's the last race in Europe for 2018. So he departs for Singapore with a 30-point lead over Sebastian Vettel, who won at Spa two weekends ago when the teams returned from their summer break. They have seven late races left in their championship. Uh, what's going on in the Debris Turn 3 NASCAR? I want to know what's lively. going on with the, the dog. Like, <laughs> on wants to get on the show finally this year. <laughs> Is that her whimpering? Yeah. She, no. I, thought, I, it, I thought it was either whimpering, farting, or your chair was making noise. And then that's the <laughs> so. dog. She's been good all season. Every, nobody knows that she's been right here for every <laughs> single episode. But apparently tonight she wants to get on right before the summer ends. Dan, you want to uh, tell us what happened with the Debris and Turn 3 Fantasy League over at uh, NASCAR.com? Whew. You got it. Well, FNK Racing came in first place with 223 points. Second, our points leader, White Flag Lap, 212 points. Third, woo, Mythos Motorsports, 193. Last year's champion, six seconds faster in fourth. And BE Racing in fifth, 178. So, after 25 races, it's White Flag Lap as the points leader with 4,669 points. And that's a pretty whopping 175 point lead over me. What happened to Chicken Pit Racing? They were were leading like the whole season. (laughs) Chicken Pit Racing, Hardy's Racing Inc. We got a lot of guys, DNS. uh, I guess like some of these other uh, NASCAR teams are losing funding and sponsorship and they just weren't (laughs) able to make it through the rest of the season. Uh, So, Looking forward to whatever is going to happen next after the regular season is over. <laughs> it, we, we, it's, something's going to continue at NASCAR.com. They're Fantasy Live. We're going to have, a, I guess, a little playoff chase or something. So that wraps up the Fantasy Debris in Turn 3. Want to get on to talk about the uh, Southern 500? Let's do it. Southern 500. 
let's talk about some of the storylines coming out of the Labor Day spectacular of the Southern 500. And Matt, you're going to have to enlighten me because I did not watch this race. You never study. (laughs) (laughs) Telling you, Dan, the Southern 500, it's the best race of the year. It just, I don't know, it's just the throwback schemes, the old track, the sandy asphalt. Everything comes together for a spectacular 500-mile race. And this past weekend, it was, like you said, we're saying, a Labor Day spectacular. <laughs> it, it lived up to the hype. Yeah. And when we look back at this 2018 event, there's going to be one name that's going to come to mind. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Earnhardt. Earnhardt. <laughs> <laughs> because when he just lost it in turns three and four with about 23 to go, that brought out the pivotal yellow flag that mm-hmm. set up the money stop. And a fantastic drag race off pit lane. Our crowd was on his feet, hooting, hollering. And Brad Keselowski just inched past Kyle Larson, who was dominating the entire race. Won yes. stage one. He also won stage two. And looked to be in complete control of the race until the late yellow flag. And then just didn't have it in that last run. He had the didn't have the short run speed versus the long run speed. And he found himself not taking home the checkered flag yet again this season. He's yet to win. Yeah. I mean, this is one of my favorite races. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch it. I did see that uh, Larson swept stage one and two. Um, but I'm, I'm a Kislowski fan, so I'm pretty happy about the win. And you should be because it's been a long time since Team Penske has won a cup race at Darlington. Kislowski takes it home for them for the entire weekend. It was a, a huge weekend for him uh, uh, for his championship run to get back in winning ways uh, I, it couldn't be a bigger win for him at the and he even said it it's a crown jewel race uh, it was a fantastic night uh, he had that 1990 Rusty Wallace throwback scheme that just looked absolutely sick yep. and man congratulations so that was his, that was his first game. win of the season right so now he's he's locked in the playoffs he's locked in cool like he was locked in with most with of the points. drivers yeah. yeah a lot of the guys are already locked in on points really looking back at the race there was so much action around the racetrack towards the end it was just that big wreck with Boyer and Newman yeah still nobody's quite sure exactly <laughs> what happened there there was some miscommunication uh, hand signals out the window and one driver just didn't get the message from another. Spotters didn't get messages down to their drivers. And Clint Boyer just hit. walloped <laughs> Ryan Newman yeah. in the middle of that corner. Yeah. And then that really cool-looking 51 car, the old uh, yeah, Hardy's-looking car, yeah. just kind of scooted by on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, speaking of paint schemes, what, what was some of your favorite paint schemes of the weekend? Oh, and good some question. The, and maybe like a dud. That didn't really... Uh, All right, so what's uh, my yeah. favorite and and which one I thought was could have done a little better? Yeah. It's a really tough decision because there were a lot of really cool ones this season. Yeah. But I think the coolest throwback, in my opinion, was, and it looked even old school reckon, was the number 14 <laughs> throwback to Ned Jarrett that Clint Boyer did. Yeah, that's a good looking one. That was a good one. Also... um. I have to go with Joey Logano, number 22, throwback to Steve Park. Just the, the sponsor, yeah. the scheme, everything just was kind of spot on. Yeah. Uh, as far as a dud, someone that I didn't like, 
Hmm. And let me tell you something. That was tough with the Steve Park one because I would, as an honorable mention, I get, I'm getting a little cheating here. <laughs> you wanted me to narrow it down, but I'm going to say that that, Rust, um, that Rusty Wallace throwback that Kozlowski won yeah. was a really, really sick-looking race car. But as far as a dud, man, oh, man, I'm going to have to go with uh, Derek Cope. And his throwback mm-hmm. to that Bojangles car that he <laughs> ran just as terrible on Saturday night, as a Sunday night rather, <laughs> as he did when he was running that car 20 years ago. That car got lapped. One time I was watching the race on Sunday and they lapped him. I was watching the in-car and then yeah. it was like five minutes later and they mm-hmm. lapped him again. I'm like, wait a minute. Did I like somehow click back on the stream or something? Yeah. Or are they really lapping him again right now? Yeah. Uh, my favorite was definitely my number one has to be the Joey Logano one because you know I think with these throwback schemes they work the best when it's the actual sponsor otherwise like what are you looking at you're just like oh that was like a cool like scheme but like you need the the sponsor and if you have the number too that's just like the trifecta right there so Joey Logano was my number one uh, my second favorite uh, was actually Landon Castle's uh, Bobby Allison throwback. It was, it looked like the, uh, the old the Miller, Miller MGD. Yeah. Oh no, the, uh, the High, High Life, Life car, right? High Life, yeah. yeah. The MGD was what, um, Kozlowski was running. Yeah. But didn't somebody run a High Life scheme last season? Yeah. Was that last, or was that an Xfinity? I feel like, cause someone's definitely used that scheme. Yeah. Before. But that was def- that's a cool looking race car though. Yeah. And I always love that gold paint scheme. I'll never forget getting that car from the like little diecast die when I was a kid, and yeah. I was just felt like I had like the like the that was the money one. I was like, <laughs> got it, got it. That number twelve race car. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised that the on TV and everyone they kind of went with the Denny Hamlin throwback to himself. As that was cool. I didn't realize that he that that was the mini stock. So my dud of the paint schemes was Timmy Hills. Uh, Dower Waltrip one from 2000, the 66 car. Oh, yeah. Like, what is that? I really <laughs> love that Kmart car from back when Darrell Waltrip could barely get out of the top 30. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one was a bit of a dud. But what about a guy at the caliber of racing and past champion as Martin Truex Jr. not even bringing yeah. like a, a, a throwback scheme? That was a little weak. Just yeah. got to put that out there. Truex, you could do better. Yeah. The but, 50, like you said, the 51 looked good. The 43 obviously always looks good when it's in petty blue and that day glow red. The 32 was actually kind of cool. That was the um, Jeff Burton, Jeff Burton, right? The yeah. 99. Yeah. Uh, and even Jeff Burton was down on the racetrack before the race. They had all the errors of Chevy uh, leading the, the race, uh, leading the grid around uh, for the pace laps. And that was pretty yeah. cool, too. They had a lot of uh, Hall of Famers yeah. uh, pacing the field in the beginning. Right. Yeah, that was a cool one. Uh, I mean, we could just go down now that we're like talking about. It, yeah. We're looking at it honestly. There were so many yeah. great ones, uh, but a lot of Harvick's throwbacks. Harvick's was cool. Harvick's was cool. Uh, I I liked what Kyle Larson was going for with the Davy Allison tribute, uh, and I guess that's where you have the sponsors that are coming on board. They they kind of they got to get with it also, and so they did their own little play on it. And I thought that was creative and cool. Mm-hmm. But if I mean. If you're gonna tribute to Davy, I feel like you got to go with Davy's colors. But I, I did like the whole scheme, 
And yeah, the Days of Thunder stuff was cool. I always yeah. love when somebody pulls one of those out. But there were a lot of other guys that were throwing back to themselves as well, not just Hamlin. Mm. Uh, Casey Kane yep. did one for his number nine. Kurt Busch did a throwback to himself. So maybe these are just uh, signs that these guys aren't coming back. And this is just a celebration of their career because maybe. these guys are free agents going into the 2019 season. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see you know, where everyone lands. Of course, the 24 looked good in the rainbow and the number three in that silver. The throwbacks were great. I love it every season. This is really becoming a destination for me to get oh, to yeah. Darlington for one of these races. Uh, it's absolutely uh, imperative as a fan, I think, to see a race at NASCAR's most old, oldest and legendary speedway. Yeah. Not saying super speedway because let's face it, Daytona International Speedway like changed the game. Yeah. <laughs> but before we move on from this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just gonna say again, as like a race fan, I, I just thought it was a, a wonderful spectacle to watch. But I we would be amiss if we didn't bring up Kevin Harvick's low blow comments on Saturday. Did you hear what he said about Ross Chastain? Um, I didn't, but I did hear that he's not running any more Xfinity races. Good. I, as far as, when when it comes to the cup guys in Xfinity debate, Mm -hmm. I really don't have a problem with cup guys being there. I do think that their entries should be limited throughout the season. Mm -hmm. And I think we've talked about it on the show before. And they're pretty limited already. Well, they've instituted a lot of these rules to limit them just in the past couple of seasons. But, I have no problem with them being there. I don't want to see them completely removed from the series because although it's a feeder series, it's an independent series. It's the Xfinity series. So we've talked before on the show about how it's it's nice to see guys drop down and finish their career. Elliot Sadler's leaving this year, but you know, he, he's raced there for a while. There's been other guys, but I would like to see some sort of rules based off of experience in the way that these guys enter the races. For instance, mm-hmm. if you are in your first three or five seasons, you can enter X amount of races. If you have a championship, mm-hmm. that limits the amount of races that you can order. And then right. after you have about like 10 years of experience or X amount of wins, like you can't enter it. Yeah. Until or you can only do like one. Right, like some bigger events, right? You yeah. just ex- limited numbers of events because it's the seat time that these guys are going for. And I can't take it away for guys like Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick who do put a lot of time into the Xfinity series mm. because they're racers and they want to get out there and they know that seat, seat time really matters. So a lot mm. of these guys could probably benefit from the opportunity to race on Saturday. And Ross Chastain made the most of his opportunity that he was given this past weekend mm-hmm. and led and won both stages in that 42 car as well, <laughs> just yep. like Kyle Larson on Sunday night, and then was caught up in a fantastic battle with not one but two champions in Brad Keselowski and Kevin Harvick. However, when Kevin Harvick was the challenger in the second position, they both had a little disagreement about who should occupy some space on the racetrack. <laughs> yeah, I saw a clip of this, and I was like trying to, I was listening at work. I was trying to hear what Harvick was saying uh, on his radio show. Uh, I guess he was unhappy with uh, the outcome of that little shuffle there that caused him to get turned around. Uh, so, I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't really see the whole thing, so I don't know. Well, we're going to 
immediately after we wrap up this podcast today, Tim, we're going to go and uh, tune in on my YouTube TV and uh, check out that that wreck because uh, that, as unfortunate as it was for Ross Chastain and as fortunate as it was to hear such really comical and immature comments from a champion like Kevin Harvick, uh, it's really one of the highlight moments of the entire season where you have an up-and-coming driver who is really not a inexperienced driver by any means because he's had, they said, over 200 starts in NASCAR right. on these national level. And he finds himself behind the wheel of a fast race car for Chip Ganassi Racing. And I wouldn't imagine that he's going to give up without a fight. And he was holding on tooth mm-hmm. and nail to this position. And, of course, lap traffic comes into play. And I mean, yeah. what, how, it wouldn't be NASCAR. <laughs> If lap traffic didn't come right. into play, yep, and they both kind of scoot under these guys, uh, this number forty car uh, in turn one and two, and Harvick looked like he was going to get to position, and I was watching. I'm like, oh, I'm like, this is it, kid, and you know, like, you know, I had to give it to Harvick, but then yeah. he kind of got a little grip on the outside and had the momentum, yeah. and then I'm going, don't give it to me, <laughs> you know, like I'm going stand on it, yeah, and Harvick. There's just no room coming out of two like that. Yeah. But the kid had the high line and had that run coming off the corner. And I really think Harvick should have lifted. But Harvick's a champion. And I think he approached it as like, listen, you got to lift. Yeah. And then when nobody lifts, <laughs> then contact is made. Harvick yeah. had, it took the air off his spoiler. He was turned around, went into Chastain, used him up. They were in the wall. And then I just love the move that Chastain made when he spun him around. And it's yeah. been, why well, a lot of NASCAR fans are like really upset about that kind of move. But I mean, isn't that what they were looking for? Yeah, but if you're going to intentionally turn someone into the wall, you know, that that's, yeah, that's a little on borderline, you know? I like I'm on board with what Dale Jarrett said, who also let me just point out that I think has just become the best commentator in in the the NBC stable there. And he's talking about it and he goes, well, it looks like he turned him around there. And not that there's anything wrong with that, because I think he said the same thing that it was just man, Harvard kind of just thought that he should have had it. And then whether or not how you're upset about things because yes Ross Chastain, Ross Chastain did turn him around yeah and you can really go back and forth or whether or not you think it's a good or a bad thing I thought you had it coming yeah but man just chill out on the comments Harvick you're racing in the Xfinity series and if yeah. you have a problem with inexperienced drivers then don't race in the right. Xfinity series so that's what based that so what he was saying was that because the Xfinity uh, schedule is so similar to the cup schedule. He's like, it's not really even worth it to run the Xfinity races, womp, which womp. is like so stupid. Yeah, but this whole this situation, um, like the racing itself, is actually, uh, I would say, like a good argument for the people that say the cup guys should be in there because how else are they gonna, you know, learn to run like in the cup series? Because I always think like you're if you're in a minor league sport, you're not playing against the major leaguers to help you get in unless like they're on like a rehab assignment, but you're in the minor leagues for a reason. Either you're not good enough to be in the majors or you B 
be the best in the minors so you can move up to the majors. What if, now this is just, we didn't even put this down or anything, just, I'm just kind of shooting from the hip here. But right. what if NASCAR did something where the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series were like a League 1, League 2 type thing, and if you finished at the bottom of the Cup Series, you dropped to like the Xfinity Series. Like a MotoGP style? Well, kinda? MotoGP doesn't do anything does like that. They have yeah. distinct set Moto3, Moto2, mm-hmm. and then MotoGP. Uh-huh. And they there have is, their, Who does? This is a. This is like soccer and like, like oh, European right, that's soccer. Like yeah, relegation yeah. to other leagues. Right. Yeah. If the cars are so similar and there's nothing like, why not make it one big, like two leagues have like, you know, and have then a race the cars going? would have to. Because there are. Differences, but especially like body wise, on there the cars. are sure, yeah, but, but yeah, they would have to be identical. Look, we're cars. NASCAR is facing a got to turn over a new leaf somewhere with what's going on because we're gonna get into what's happening with sponsorship in the silly season. Like, maybe it's time to start thinking outside the box and getting creative with it. I mean, they're already doing it with the playoff system. Sorry, fans, I love the playoffs, I love mm. the knockout version of it and i think it's great that what they're doing with the 26 races and then the final 10 and this i i i'm still on the fence with the stages because i can watch a race without it and i'm yearning for it a little bit during the southern 500 Mm -hmm. especially once the tire strategy started to get all up in the air and now some guys were coming in and coming back out with fresh rubber and trying to make up time on the guys that were already out there. And I'm like, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see you just racing from flag to flag or green to green and white checker. I will not spend my money on going to a cup race until stage racing is gone. But I don't don't think it's going anywhere. Then I'm never going to spend money. You're never going to go to a cup race again? I'm going to drag your ass to a cup race. Uh, If you're paying, then... (laughs) I'll buy the ticket. You get your accommodate your airline ticket, but we'll go. All right, but I, there's no way you're never gonna go to. I I, I I won't have it. I won't have it. Well, you know, <laughs> I think I think there's gonna be some major changes in NASCAR in the next couple of years. So why don't we get into some of this silly season stuff? Because that's kind of like a yeah. Good let's le- uh, let's put to bed it. what uh, this, this crown jewel Southern 500 race. And let's just uh, let's get into what's going on in the sport right now. So the big bombshell news was that Furniture Row is shutting down at the end of the 2018 season uh, due to lack of funding because of um, Five Hour Energy leaving NASCAR, which leaves Truex without a ride. But um, it's rumored, uh, Motorsport.com was saying yesterday that him and Cole Pern are going to be in the 19 car next year, which then leaves Suarez without a ride. Poor Daniel Suarez. Hey, wait, I just had a stat on him here. In his 61 cup starts, Suarez has four top fives, 18 top tens, and one pole. And his highest finish came at Pocono, uh, a second place finish. And he's currently 20th in the point standings, I believe. So it's not like he's a bad driver. I th- it's also not particularly impressive either. No, but I feel like that's better than Montoya or any other um, you know, driver uh, that's not white, I should say. <laughs> Ooh, you went there, Dan. I went there. So it's rumored 
or I don't think it's rumored. I think this is actually happening that uh, Levine Family Racing is going to switch from Chevy to to Toyota for 2019, which maybe that's where Suarez goes, and they have an alliance with Gibbs. I don't see with Suarez. He can go either way with a guy like like, like him. I think he's talented. I think there's a lot of potential there, but like it's it goes in racing. You have to put all the pieces together, which is car, driver, team, sponsor. And if you don't get all those pieces, you don't have a ride. Mm -hmm. So let's see if Aris goes with Suarez. They've been a loyal sponsor with him. And I think it's a good move for Levine Family Racing because they've been strong. And they've shown a lot of potential to do well. Mm -hmm. And... Perhaps going to Toyota and gaining a little experience and being part of the TRD family there, maybe they uh, get some higher finishes. But I'm right. sure that they're going to be like the development team and just be trying out all the new pieces and yeah. all the stuff. But like for Suarez, like why put him in the 19 car in the first place? Because this is his second season yes. in 19, right? So you're basically saying within two seasons that he hasn't done enough and... Now, Truex is going to take over that ride just because his team is folding and they're technically part of Gibbs anyway. Right. They're a corporate teammate, as yeah. they like to say. Yeah. I can't really argue it because this is the Cup Series. This is the most competitive series in the land. And if you're going to jump into a seat that was occupied by Carl Edwards, which he's not a champion but won a lot of races... Mm. You got to perform. And sure, there are growing pains with any driver. How many races did it take Chase Elliott to get his first win? Right. And now he has. And he was up there at the end of the race last week, and he was kind of threatening towards the end, looking strong. But it's so hard to win these races, and it's so hard to, to get up even into a competitive position to win these races mm. when you have guys like Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr. and you know performing in race cars like they have now Truex it's a, a real uh, particular and peculiar in, uh, situation because he just wins the championship last season mm -hmm. and now he finds himself with tr sponsor trouble and trying to find a new team like that speaks to the sport and Furniture Row has been that like underdog feel good team for the last. Yeah, uh, in the and I would say in the last like five years, like specifically that they really started to make strides, um, and people have always said like, oh, you know, you know, the fact that Furniture Row can operate a team from Colorado, you know, far from the race hub of Charlotte, and do all the stuff, and then they win the championship, and then a year later, up oh, sorry, you know, our sponsor's leaving, so we can't, you know, continue. To, now to are they fund this team right is it funding it at the level that they have been and want to perform and now they can't find suitable sponsorship mm -hmm. that's going to keep them as competitive because that's a tough decision to make do you want to just be part of the show and racing out there like they were mm -hmm. several years ago when denver mattress he was funding his own team or right. like do you want to have this money behind you that's going to put you into a position to win races and take home a championship like they did last year. So that right. starts begging the question, does NASCAR need some sort of 
cap on spending. I think they do. I, there needs to be some sort of e- either salary cap with the drivers or some sort of cap with sponsorship money or there needs to be a cap somewhere because obviously the the cost of operating even just one car is astronomical, let alone, you know, having a two or three or four car team. And honestly, with sponsors leaving like Five Hour Energy, um, Lowe's, um, you know, UPS left years ago, but, you know, there's all these sponsors where there used to be competition. And now there's within certain industries, there's only one sponsor. Uh, I was going to say, where were you going with that yeah, UPS like home, thing? Like, but I yeah, get like what you're UPS, uh, FedEx, Home Depot, Lowe's, like right. there used to be competition within the sponsors. Now it's just, there's none. Right, and yep. they're just—it's like an avenue for advertising, just to put your name and stuff on a car. And I yeah. think these companies are starting to rethink how they're spending the money, which is why I don't like to really use the sponsorship as like a statement of how well the sport is doing, because mm-hmm. there's just so many factors. We've talked about it before, but also these companies now are trying to adapt to the way the market is changing, and people are consuming content. And media. Maybe five hour energy is not the product for not just the people of that are watching NASCAR, but really everybody else. Maybe right? if there wasn't stage racing, five hour energy would be a good sponsor because you need it to stay awake through the whole thing. Oh, they see like that's why five hour. That would be great if they were like, well, five hour energy would love to stay here, but with stage racing, you guys get a break every few laps, so we don't even need us anymore. But with all these sponsors leaving and uh, you know rumors of a potential sale of nascar i think i think i mean the the sport's already on sort of a, a downturn the the attendance at these tracks uh has been low they're tearing seats out of some of these places uh you know how much further down can it go i don't like to look at it as going down i like to think of it about as restructuring you have to adapt and people will want to see racing. There are race fans out there, and they don't want to see their sport go away. But where are these race fans? Well, there are a lot of of factors that are affecting their decisions and the choices that I think that race fans make when it comes to a weekend. Now, personally, I was blessed and lucky enough to go to a lot of races when I was younger. I grew up in a family of race fans, and I was taken to, and of all places, Daytona International Speedway so many times and seen some fantastic races over there. As I've gotten older and I was a young man... I was saying I did go to a few races. As I've gotten even older, I started to like work, and it's become a choice now. Like, mm-hmm. is that the destination that I want to spend my little bit of time off from work right. and going? And unfortunately, it doesn't really have that appeal for a like a destination. I feel like in some ways it's become more regional again, where yeah. they're selling to the area where they're going and they're selling in like a, the Darlington race, like the, the track, everybody does a great job of just promoting and selling that race and getting everybody to come to that one race now right. at Darlington. But there are other tracks. Watkins Glen gets a great crowd. Martinsville, Virginia. Right. Like there are like some the real places that they tend to go once a year, obviously do the best. Um, but maybe there should be more midweek races, especially during the summer, uh, you know, at some of these short tracks that are within 
a few miles of Charlotte. You know, well, that yeah, way the, the teams don't have to do that much traveling. And if people want to go to the races, then they don't have to travel. If you're in the Charlotte area, you don't have to travel that far. If, obviously, if you're coming from other parts of the country, then you're going to have to take time off of work and everything. But, you know, NASCAR needs to take an example from these companies that are trying to adapt to these Internet companies popping up. And what's that phrase they like to use? Oh, there's a new company like disrupting this mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that. Now, I don't think there's going to be a new uh stock car racing series nationally mm-hmm. in the United States. But the fans and the people that attend these events, they're also affected by all the choices that they're presented with every day and all the things that they can do. And I just don't think that NASCAR right now is their number one thing that they want to go do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they lost... <laughs> Like I'm not saying like you're like I'm never going to a race again. Like mm-hmm. I want to go to like go to another race. Uh, I was trying to get down there for the championship race. I'm a little yeah. upset that I'm not going to be able to make it this year. But I just think that NASCAR needs to not be afraid to make big drastic changes. Whether or not you like the stages, it, it's like that kind of caliber level of changes to the sport. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh. Like, they, they, like enough with the changes, but if you just stay how it is, or even like just go back to the old version of it, it's not gonna work. Like you right. need to find out how the sport is gonna work in this new environment, and that might be shortening the races on Saturday, mm-hmm. going to midweek races, uh, shortening the season, not going to the same tracks every single season. Like, maybe, guess what? They went to, um, what's like, maybe like one track. They go, let's say like they, like Chicagoland. They go to mm-hmm. Chicagoland this year. Next year, they go to Kansas. The year after that, they go back to Char- Chicagoland. And the year after that, they go back to Kansas. Yeah, I think there should be some sort of rotating uh, schedule, especially with the fact that um, ISC and SMI own basically all the tracks on the circuit. They, I think they could afford to, and we've talked about this on the show before, that you know, they could probably afford to do some of that um, shuffling with their tracks. Um, you know, like I said, maybe they need to go to some more short tracks. Uh, Absolutely. Well, like- I mean, that is just first and foremost. If And I would like to just get into one thing. I'd like to go back in time. Mm-hmm. And some of the biggest news that happened this year in racing that we missed... But NASCAR's fearless leader, Brian France, and his little run-in uh, yeah. with the law <laughs> on Eastern Long Island. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. So now you have somebody else at the helm, albeit temporarily, mm-hmm. but the IMSA series has been great. Uh, I think it's picked up tremendously over the last several years. I've become a bigger fan than ever in sports car racing like that. Mm-hmm. And... I just, I'm not afraid to make big drastic changes. I want to see, like, crown jewel races. I want to make see that like a like a little championship during the season. Yeah. And and have, like, different things to race for. Like, and maybe have a tournament in season. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you start the season based, uh, maybe you start Daytona, and based off of where you finished in the points, you're, like, ranked up against somebody. And, like, the guys don't not even have, like, points position, but they have, like, 
power rankings, but put put it in a bracket or something like that. And yeah. throughout the season, like maybe by a halfway point of the season, have like a halfway tour, just not a champion or something, but like a tournament winner. Like mm-hmm. like by the time you get to Daytona again, he like the first half tournament winner or something right. like that. And this guy might have finished. He might be sixth or seventh in the points, yeah. but just by the bracket or how he set up, he won it. And then maybe you just add up all the points in all the short track races, and you have like a short track winner or something like that. Yeah. And maybe that gives you like a chance to like you could boost a starting spot or something like that somewhere. You just have to make it more like fantasy racing or something like that because yeah. I feel like in racing the possibilities are like endless. And for all the people that say I want to see like. You know, just pure, like, racing and stuff like that. I mean, well, go to your local short track. They were pulling out numbers out of the hat to invert (laughs) starts and stuff like that. Like, this stuff happens in racing. It's a show. It's entertainment. And, yes, they're putting a lot of money in and a lot of development. But guess what? There's thousands of fans sitting in the seats. And you have to try to find a way to bring more in. you got to find a way to get them to watch it on TV. Mm -hmm. And... Just showing up at the racetrack every week and unloading and like going bike riding with your buddies and stuff like that. Like, like I, I love they just shut down that the trailer home parks and make these guys yeah. stay in in, uh, in, in, in hotels in, in hotels and stuff like that. Because we're gonna get into uh you know what's coming up. But man, oh man, in the MotoGP series and by now everyone knows how much I love that series. <laughs> but these guys do not like each other. Mm-hmm. Do not like each other. Everybody is best friends in the NASCAR garage. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm a little bored of that. Yeah. Like you said, go to your local short track. The modified tour is going to be at Riverhead this weekend. 200 laps. I mean, that's some of the best racing you can see. The, the Islip 300, 300 laps at Riverhead, a little quarter mile. Oh, that like, race was so good this year, too. Yeah, that that is racing. Not what you're seeing on Sunday afternoon. Ooh, and that, maybe we'll, we'll right, touch let, on that one for the next show. Yeah, let, let's move on. <laughs> let's find out what's gonna. All right, so let's uh, let's put this past weekend to bed yeah. fully, and uh, let's start looking ahead now. Before that, you gonna interject with something? Yeah, I want to interject with something. What you got, Dan? Um, let's talk about uh, that little Photoshop collage. <laughs> Good one. W- I'm glad posted. you brought that. Up. How funny was that? <laughs> That was hilarious. We got to thank FNK Racing for bringing that to our attention (laughs) and sending that out on race day. The Bubba Wallace shared that that photo. So I I was looking at it and I I, like I sent the gif of uh, Frank from It's Always Sunny doing like nope nope nope. nope." All I could think of was (laughs) Buzz, your girlfriend. (laughs) Woof. But then when you really look at it, you know it's like. Some of these guys actually don't look that bad as girls. Jamie lot- McMurray was the most attractive lesbian you'll ever see. <laughs> a lot. I was looking through comments on like I, I think it was Bubba's on, but a couple of people had posted it, and there was like people commenting, being like, "Oh, blah 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 is hot," and like all this other stuff. A little like, weird. Okay, all right. It's, all I can like, think about when that I, mean, I saw a couple like that, and I just kept thinking of the Jimmy Fallon like <laughs> drag on L L. But yeah, there's some uh, Clint Boyer and Eric Jones. Oh, oh God, Eric ugh. Jones looks like everybody I know. Mom growing up on Long Island. <laughs> like, did you put your shoes on before you go? <laughs> <laughs> there's no time to put makeup on. <laughs> All right, that was fun. Yeah, let's uh, move on. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's look at some of the uh, upcoming uh, race schedules. 
This Friday, September 7th, the ARCA series is at Lucas Oil Raceway for the Shore Launch 200, which it's good to see some series at Lucas Oil Raceway. Yeah, the old IRP. That was always a fun race to watch. This weekend, IMSA's back in action. 7th through the 9th, Continental Tire Monterey Grand Prix at Laguna Seca. Riverhead Raceway, Saturday, September 8th, the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour 200. 200 laps around the quarter-mile racetrack. Go, go to that race. Back in action again this weekend is the MotoGP on the heels of a canceled weekend mm. at Silverstone. The British GP was canceled because of inclement weather and standing water on the racetrack. Oops. That was a real mind blower. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> but they are in Mazzano, Italy, which is the Circuit Marco Simicelli. And that's the Valentino Rossi's home track. So hoping for some big action there this weekend. Nice. Uh, the K&N Pro West Series... On Thursday, September 13th, the Star Nursery 100 from the dirt track at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. That's going to be a good one. That I hope to catch on TV because I don't want to miss that. That's the kind of stuff that the series needs from these smaller uh, uh, series on the up and coming. And then looking ahead a couple of weekends, we mentioned earlier IndyCar has the finale at Sonoma, the Grand Prix of Sonoma, and that's September 16th. And then Formula One gets on their Asian swing with the Singapore Airlines Singapore Grand Prix that same weekend. Uh, so this this weekend for Indianapolis, on Saturday, the Xfinity Series has their Lily Diabetes 250 at 3 o'clock on NBCSN. Immediately following that is the Cup Series qualifying at 6.15. So as always, make sure to get your picks in. I have not put a single qualifying pick in. Yeah. <laughs> I put one in for like the first time this week in Did like you? a long time. And you didn't get it, I bet. No. <laughs> um, and then Sunday, it's the big race, the big machine, Vodka 400 at the Brickyard. I don't know why it's not the Brickyard 400 anymore, but Some name whatever. right there. Uh, so, so that's at 2 o'clock on NBCSN. All right, cool. So they're, on, they're coming off a great race at Indy last season, so everyone's hoping for big things again. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's never... It doesn't, it traditionally, is not the most exciting Cup Series race, but right. the Xfinity Series—they're going back to their that package, their package right? yeah. for our Saturday's race. So that's going to be interesting to watch. I'm interested to see how this uh, final race of the season goes at Indy. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be. There's not many stories of on the cut line there. Yeah, uh, it's down to Bowman and Jimmy Johnson of all drivers mm-hmm. there at the very end, who had trouble last week at Darlington. And finds himself not locked in, but pretty safe on points, to be yeah. realistic. Uh, mm-hmm. The chances of Newman or one of these guys. I mean, who until Newman has a win yeah. at the Brickyard. So, uh, you, I mean, crazier things have happened in racing. Yeah. And you, once you, when, never say never in motorsports. <laughs> that's, that's what I've learned. we got the Indy coming up, Brickyard 400. I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll remember 1994, that first Brickyard race, man. I was all hyped for it. They're at Indy. Yeah. They're at Indy. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this weekend. Like you said, it's the re- cutoff for the regular season. There's lots of other great racing to catch coming up. Uh, it was real fun to sit back down and do another show. And we have a lot to look forward to what's going to happen in the Debris in Turn 3 Fantasy League at NASCAR.com because we're going into the unknown <laughs> with their playoff version. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Well, I do know that we'll have a, a show again soon. Don't know exactly when. Yeah. But it'll be a surprise. We'll be here. <laughs> You'll be there. 
And you know where to find Debris and Turn 3, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those places. Join, follow. The playoffs are starting. It's going to wrap up the 2018 season. From Brooklyn, my name is Matt. My name is Dan. This is DIT3. We did like that? Yeah. Debris and Turn 3. All right, again. Debris Debris and Turn (laughs) 3. See you next time. (laughs) 